Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. If you haven't yet, head over to the Big Cartel and pre-order a copy of X Kubrick's The Seven Levels of Happiness. Such an awesome rap record. I hope you guys have had a chance to check it out yet. It's on all streaming services as of now. So please, if you haven't yet, hit pause. Go stream that if you're into rap or if you're not into rap, which would be weird, would be really strange to think about. I don't know anybody who doesn't like rap, but Anyways, go check it out. Go pre-order a copy of the CD. Pre-orders are up until Friday, November 13th. So please do yourself a favor and pick one up before it's too late. And also stay tuned. Expect new music from MH Chaos coming out of Chicago and Warren coming out of Scranton Wilkes-Barre coming really soon. And also now on streaming the Striker demo from Argentina. So go stream that, go get into their music. But please, like I always say, if you're not following From Within Records on Twitter or Instagram, do yourself a favor, go follow them, stay up to news, or excuse me, stay up to date on their news, and just, yeah, just thank me later. They're awesome. Support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we travel back to Idaho. We track down my good friend, Devin. It's been a while since I had a chance to sit down and talk to him, and I appreciate Devin's love for hardcore. I appreciate what him and his friends and everybody up in Idaho is doing for their local scene. It's it's cool to see them building an awesome scene. And hopefully when the pandemic's over and it's safe to travel, people travel to Idaho. Those bands from Idaho get to travel to the U.S. or even out of the country to play more shows. So I'm just stoked to see and hear what they have going on up there. But it was just really nice to be able to check in with Devin, get an update on what's going on with him and Rejection Pact. There's a little bit of news about the band. So please tune in, listen to the whole episode. And yeah, talking to Devin was awesome. I I really enjoyed these conversations. Um, So please, without further ado, welcome Devin to the show. All right, and we're live. Welcome back to the podcast, Devin. How's it going? Good. Things are good. Things are good. That, that That's awesome to hear. It's really cold today, which is crazy. I, I'm literally wearing two hoodies right now. You can see this, like, you know, I got a gray hood and a black hood. It's crazy. It's um, so what's, what's new? It's been a while since I actually sat down to talk with you. I, th- I think the last time we actually had, like, a full-blown conversation was when I had you on the podcast last which is a, a trip. I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. That was like May of last year, I think. Damn, May of last year. Okay. And because yeah, we were still booking, we were getting ready to do that uh, West Coast tour, and we were we didn't have all the dates figured, or like, yeah, we didn't have all the dates figured out yet. Uh-huh. And you guys uh, made it up to Canada, right? Yeah, we did. So we did West Coast in end of may like beginning of june and then we went up and did western canada at the end of july into the beginning of august and then for the rest of the year we just did like local stuff 
yeah you guys were pretty active which is definitely cool to see and hear from you guys coming out of your area and obviously uh you know what we've all talked about with everybody this year has been uh, really strange uh and I'm always curious about like what your plans were for this year. Do you guys like plan on um, wanting to be like even more active than you were last year? Yeah. Our, originally our plan was to uh, play wild rose in Canada. Okay. And then we were going to play prom core in Oklahoma. And those were like a week apart. So like budgeting for that was kind of fun, but luckily we hadn't bought, we were going to drive up to Canada and then, which is, ridiculously far but we had it all figured out and we had a couple friends coming with us too and then we were going to fly out to oklahoma luckily no one had bought plane tickets yet Mm -hmm. and then we were trying to do something in the northwest like a regional thing kind of in the summer like probably like late spring or like early summer and then we were going to go to the east coast we were looking at August initially and originally the plan was to fly out to the East coast, do like a week and then end the tour in Chicago. And then we were going to try to record at that time a record. Mm-hmm. But um, with everything that happened, obviously we tabled that, but that was kind of initially what our plans were. Cause Charlie, our drummer is also an ingrown. Okay. So, for sure. uh, and they were going to be pretty active this year too. So we were definitely like, kind of like his time was being pretty stretched or we were figuring kind of out like, we want to do this and they want to do this. So we were kind of just like working around everyone's schedules. But I mean, the big plan was to play a couple fests and make it out to the East coast. That was like the big goals in terms of like touring. Damn. Yeah. And it's such a bummer for everybody. Cause um, like I've, I've talked to so many people who had, the whole year booked out and then obviously plans just got scratched. And I'm always just curious because it's just like, there's really, even at this point we're here middle of November and uh, I know some people have plans and are announcing stuff for next year, but it's just like, that's pretty wild because we're kind of still like in the same position. Things haven't really gotten too much better where it's like, that's even like a, like a real idea in my opinion. I mean, in some ways to me, they're almost worse because at least before people were more like i wouldn't say optimistic but like more hopeful i guess that we were like oh you know like this will be like pretty bad for like a month or two then like things will be fine whereas now at least to me it's a little more realistic now in terms of like yo we don't know and like the projections are much more like up in the air but at the same time it's much more like bleak now and um i mean with like the one thing it's a big bummer but obviously in the in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter is that like we we felt like idaho this year would have like was the year that like idaho would have a little bit of eyes on it between us and ingrown touring and then even some other local bands were going to start doing a little more like regional stuff that we're like, yo, that's cool. Maybe like Idaho, like obviously won't be like a hotbed for hardcore or anything, but like at least it'll be like in people's heads at some level. But obviously shit happens and that is not important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but I, I still feel like obviously uh, our situation, um, 
I'm hoping it's not, uh, you know, forever. And I'm hoping at some point we can get back to the way things used to be. Um, obviously, I, I try not to use the word normal in that situation, but uh, I, I feel like you guys can still have that moment because obviously um, uh, you guys are rejection pack still pretty active. And, you know, if Ingram wants to stay busy, then even if um, these newer bands, I, I feel like if they use their time wisely, like uh, especially right now, they can, uh, you know, write some new material or try to just do some promotion online to get the word out there. And then when time comes to be able to hit the road, play different places or even have people come to your town, um, you know, it won't be such like a foreign idea. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte and I were talking about it and we're just like, well, you know, I mean, looking at like music as a whole, it's not like everything just got sidelined to where as long as like you're staying as like active as you can be in theory all of the opportunities and like momentum that you had built up should still be there Mm -hmm. obviously it'll still be different and to what degree it'll still be there but as long as you haven't completely just like dropped off the planet it should still in theory because like everything just kind of hit pause it wasn't like anything else and um like it was kind of a bummer um one of our guitar players hunter has a has a band called Natural Evil and they just put out they put out an EP right at the beginning of when like the coronavirus really hit mm-hmm. and I don't think any of them thought that like we would be like in the position that we are like in the status that we are right now but that was like a re- I thought that was actually a really good release that like for the most part at least even at a local level kind of just got like overlooked because they like weren't able to like play any shows or like promote it in any way other than like online which like you know how like social algorithms are and stuff that really only gets you so far. True. You know? And I feel like with, at least I've noticed more with like ever since like Corona hit and everything like that, people in general, like people have more time online, but at the same time, I feel like they're engaging with like, this sounds kind of like fucked up, but like with stuff that, either matters more whether it's like political or like human rights or just like stuff like that mm-hmm. or it's like really like senseless dumb stuff to pass the time like i remember when everyone was doing those um band brackets and like things like that for a while and just like stuff that's like an easy like kind of like mental escape from like reality and just like stuff that's like a good like time killer and like stuff that's fun to where um more like music stuff and like just like kind of pop culture stuff I feel like isn't being engaged with quite as much or like people aren't like wanting to necessarily like just like constantly promote things or push your own stuff when it's like okay yeah this is important and this is cool but like maybe like now isn't the right time and there's like obviously bigger or more important things that are going on to where it feels kind of weird to be like pushing your band super hard when in the grand scheme of things like that really doesn't matter. That makes sense. I totally get that. Yeah. Cause you think about from us getting put into lockdown, then the George Floyd incident. And then even within like our own community, like people getting canceled again, like, you know, all these people getting called out and then obviously like the, the looming election, then like the election finally happens and, uh, you know, like, uh, the cases are getting worse. Is it getting better? And they're like, we're just kind of, you know, it's like, it's like all these like 
um, you know, crazy things going on in the world. So I, I totally get that. It's like kind of, you know, it's, it's been these strange times and obviously um, uh, people trying to find the right time to try to promote what they have going on. Um, you know, while all this other stuff is going on, it is a hard move to try to figure out. So no, I, I totally get what you're saying. And like, this, I mean, it's great. Like you've seen this year, like a lot of bands putting more of an effort to like make like merch or just like take their time to create something, but then using the money from that to go to something else, which I think is like, um, different you know um organizations especially around like black lives but then even beyond that you've been seeing a lot more of that this year and i feel like with hardcore anyone knows that you're not really making money in hardcore you're almost always operating at some sort of loss but i think it's cool this year to at least see more bands taking an approach to we're not really making money out of this so we'll we'll just take this money then and put it to something that is like it's going to be more useful than like back into our own pockets. And since you can't really tour or doing anything like that, generally that's where your money would be going towards is like being able to fund gas or printing more merch or whatever, where at this point you can at least use your platform to create something, but then use that money from that to go to something that's more important. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still blown away um, when uh, like, in the middle of like the George Floyd protests and everybody coming together and, you know, making those shirts and donating all the money and just seeing the amount of money that was like, you know, coming in for all these bands. It was, it was, it was like when half heart one that they did, like that was so much money. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that band's huge. You got to think about like the, the kind of influence that they have. So for them to, you know, step up and want to make a statement, um, you know, it, it shows that, um, even though they've been, you know, like besides those reunion shows, they were like inactive for like a decade and for them yeah. to, to do those string, to do those string of shows and then, um, you know, put out that shirt and, and you know, to still have so much support. It, it just like, it's a, a testament to like how important that band is for hardcore. I know this year, cause I mean, I'm at the point in my life where I'm not really trying to like buy merch unless it's like a friend's band or something. I'm not like really looking how, merch. Yeah. How'd you get there? <laughs> I'm so curious. I mean, I like my shirts to be super worn and uncomfortable. And okay. if you have a ton of shirts, it's really hard unless you're like pick a certain stack and it's like I'm just gonna cycle through these over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a bunch, they're not none of them are really gonna really get that worn in, you know? But um this year I've just like just from like different bands like printing stuff like oh we're donating all the money to this, this and this. This is like the first time I've like a lot of merch this year where i normally like would buy like two or three shirts a year probably that's but, insane because um, i yeah. i like look at like my stack of shirts and i i have so many shirts that i haven't even worn uh just because I, I i i look at them and i'm just like okay there's like a, a life expectancy out of these shirts and i just want to maximize it and i don't want it to to go to waste so i'm just like all right like i, I gotta just wait for whenever like like and I'll even wear like you know I, I have like like you know certain shirts that I'm like all right cool I'm gonna save it for like a, a special moment maybe like like an anniversary or or like some sort of celebration or something but like t- to to the people that I'm around probably have no idea that that shirt is any special 
but to me it's just like you know just i i think you know that band or that design is so sick that i you know it's like super sick to me that i just want to save it for like a special occasion which um i i think is so funny but it's just like i'm just like waiting for the right time so like i seriously have like probably like double digit number of shirts that i've bought that i've never even worn like just this year alone and like not even counting like the stuff that i have in tubs that i'm like all right in 20 years i'm gonna put on this like i, I this like you know what i have like a a, a turnstile shirt that I bought like during like the uh, nonstop feeling tour that I'm like, all right, in 20 years, I'm going to put it on for the first time. But um, it's just in a tub right now. It's never been worn. Like I folded it, threw it in there. And it's been there for years. I'm like at the point I've definitely had merch that I'd gotten where I was like, okay, this was probably a little more expensive than like the normal shirt would be. Or okay, it's like a white shirt. And I'm like worried that I'm going to get it dirty. Oh, but I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like if it gets dirty, okay, I'll I'll wash it. And at the end of the day, if it has a stain on it or whatever, I just I just don't care. Just because I'm like, well, nine out of ten times I probably have a coat on anyway, or like a button up shirt, or whatever, to where you're not even seeing the shirt half the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had like this old mental shirt that for like the longest time I was just straight up afraid to wear it. Like I was so stoked that I'd gotten it, and that it was like. um it was like a dead stock shirt too. It was like brand new and it was white. It was like the mental Boston one with like the weird face on it. And then I ended up wearing it to the, the no warning reunion in California. And it just got fucking thrashed at that show. And at the end of like, I watched it and like almost all the stains just came out. And I was like, I think that was like a big turning point for me with the shirts. I was like, okay, this is fine. Like it has a couple stains on it even after, but it looks pretty new still. And, I don't think anyone's going to say anything to me if there's like a smudge on my shirt. Yeah. So no warning. God, I remember when they, they announced like the, the first shows back in, was it New Jersey, right? Yeah. They played, I think the game changer yeah. world. Yeah. That was insane. The Canada, I think heart fest or whatever. And that was the thing. Yeah. That was, that was so wild. And then they did the LA dates, which was super sick. I love that. They, yeah, I, I love that they kept the theming of like the flyers with like the rats and stuff. Um, but then, yeah, they, they just what they put out that record and then they were kind of busy for a little bit and then they just kind of went back into Yeah, they uh, did. So I saw them. I also saw them play Rainfest. And then they played. I remember when they put that record out. I think it might have been kind of around the same time they were like being active again yeah and then yeah and then did they just call it quits again or are they i just think they're not that active. i mean they'll still play like they played sound fury this year i just think that they're kind of like because what's his name's also in terror and then um he's got what's his solo stuff i forget i can't i know the name and i'm drawing a blank on it right now yeah i totally forgot it if i'm being honest I, I I know what you're talking about, but I'm yeah, I'm totally drawing a blank because I, I I never really listened to it. To be fair, so um, I didn't. It's not. I have the literally like what's the video? I'm not into it, but like it's good for what it is. But I, like I can picture like the music video or whatever in my head. Yeah, but I, I can't. Remember. Anyway, um, 
I, sh- I should yeah, ask the drummer because I, I I follow the the the, the drummer uh, Jesse. I, I follow him on, on Instagram. He's always on Instagram Live, but I'm always uh, scared to pop in there because I, you know, I'm not sure what he's doing. And then I, I don't want it to be one of those situations where you're like the only one in there and it's like, oh shit, this is awkward. So that show, like that whole lineup, that show is awesome. Like Lights Out, Like It or Not, King Nine, Violation, and Incendiary. I think that was. I think that was it. Yeah. Oh, I think Zabalba played too. Hold on. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I showed, like, it was. Uh, I'm looking at the flyer right now. Uh, King Nine, Alpha Omega, Zabalba, Incendiary, Violation, Lights Out, No Warning. And then there was a special guest, like, who I can't remember. I can remember he came out on the um, segment. Yeah. Or was it a hoverboard? Hoverboard segue. But, but all I know is it was the hottest show I've ever been to, and I was like low key miserable the whole time. I was like just sweating my ass off, but it was really fun. Yeah, because I remember I was uh, too young to drive when like No Warning was uh, active, and they were doing stuff in like the early two thousands. So I, I just missed them because. Like I, I knew about them, but I, I wasn't just uh, didn't have any friends who liked them at the time, and nobody was willing to to drive to go see this band that they didn't even know. And my mom didn't want to take me, so I just there's like this, there's like just a couple of years of hardcore where I was young and I knew what was going on, but I just couldn't go because I didn't have a way out there, and it was like like one of the most annoying things ever. I think I want to say the first. I mean, I, the first time I heard them was on the Hellfest DVD, but the first like actual album I got out of theirs was Suffer Survive from mm-hmm. Hot Topic. And I thought it was tight. And I still now think that album's awesome. I, I mean, I get why if, like you were into the first two releases, why you might not like that record, but like in hindsight, like it's a good hardcore album. Like there's some songs that obviously sound kind of like some 41 or like Lincoln mm-hmm. Park. I'm fine with that anyway. And there's a lot of songs that just sound like hardcore songs. Yeah. I, I, I always hated when like, uh, people would tell me that I was dumb for liking, you know, both records. And I was just like, it, it just never made sense to me. I'm like, dude, you guys are so weird to try to convince me to not like something that I genuinely like. And it's like, I get it. Like, cool. You don't like it. That's not your thing. But it's just like to try to convince me to not like it because you don't like it. It was always just weird to me. I think that what's really cool about like hardcore now in some in some aspects is like it's way more open-minded about just music in general whereas I feel like there was a point in time where it was not that it wasn't exclusionary but it was very like you couldn't like if you liked something like that was corny or like dorky you'd kind of get made fun of about it. Whereas like, that's not really, at least to me, it doesn't seem like it's a thing anymore, which is cool. Cause at the end of the day, like people like what they like and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I, I, I can't think of a band where it's like, like a known joke to like, like that band. Um, but it definitely has come a long way, but also like I, I've never, uh, and I, I credit to getting bullied in middle school to me just always uh, kind of telling myself that I'm just going to like what I like. And if other people don't like it, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to change my taste to try to make other people happy. 
So I feel like I've always just kind of had like a weird, like skewed view on things. Well, it's just like interesting when people won't like, so they'll be like, let's say there's two bands. They both sound the same because one of the people, one of the bands are cool. Mm -hmm. Everyone gives them a pass when sonically they sound the exact same as the other one. And it's like, if you don't know either of those bands, like why would you give a shit? Like who's cool and who isn't like at the end of the day it's just music and that's why you're listening to it is because you find it enjoyable not because of who's in the band or like how cool they are how not cool they are no i i totally get that because uh yeah because think about like the majority of music that you listen to like i think more often than not you don't really know the people in the bands no like and i think i mean i think if like to me, that's like one of the bad things. I mean, good or bad about social media is that you get a glimpse into who these bands are. And I mean, I'd rather not listen to bands that I think the people in the band are like jerk offs. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I mean, you can look at a lot of like really old guys, like in hardcore, like posting stuff on the internet that is very dumb. And it's just like, I would have liked, never heard you say that. That would have been great. Um, To where I think you like, I guess there there is the risk of like knowing too much about bands and then being like, having that like, that line between like artist and like person or whatever, like crossed or like blurred. But um, I mean, in general, there's all, I've, I've definitely heard people be like, it's better not to like be friends with like the bands that you like, because once more often than not, you probably will end up not liking them. Like once you get to like, know them, like, I feel like especially with like hardcore and punk and stuff, a lot of people are inherently weird or like unusual. That's why, like, I mean, I, I would think that's partially why they're gravitating to weird, to weirdo music to where sometimes knowing too much about them or like knowing them like too personally, it's kind of like, oh, they're definitely not as cool as I thought they were, or they're kind of weird, and you know. Trust me, I I know it, it. It gets hard to separate the the art from the artists, and I I honestly like starting the podcast. I never thought that I would struggle with that. I thought, oh yeah, like you know, hardcore is awesome. Like, uh, and I, I guess I was just kind of you know just um, you know just my ignorance i was like oh like everybody will be like super chill and nice and you know it'll be like a a a fun endeavor obviously i've been doing this for i guess kind of a long time now this is what uh next month or actually this month this month or next month i can't remember will be like you know three years of me actually doing the podcast from like episode one till now and there's definitely been some times where i've uh you know dealt with people and got to see like the real side of like you know a certain you know certain people in certain bands and i'm just like wow i wish i never tried to talk to you because now when i listen to your band or um when people put on your band like there's just like this weird thing where i'm just like damn they they suck and this music just sounds different now and obviously it's like you know things that i keep to myself because i'm not trying to you know uh talk about my interactions like publicly or you know try to influence my friends on like you know who yeah. they listen to so i'm just like damn so i'm just like whatever like it's something that i experienced and it sucks sometimes and i you know it bums me out and i'm like 
listen to these bands a little differently, but then I'm just like, oh, whatever. But I have way more positive interactions than negative. It's just, you know, it happens here and there, which is totally fine because it's to be expected when, you know, you talk about like, you know, this weird space, this subculture, and we all come from different places and we're not all going to get along. We're all, we're not all going to like each other. So I'm like, I, I shouldn't be too surprised. I mean, my biggest thing is just for like, as long as everyone is like civil with each other and it's just like, you don't have to, like, I think I talked about those systems. Like you don't have to be like friends with everyone. You don't have to be mm-hmm. cool with everyone. But if you're just like civil with each other at the end of the day, that's to me what counts and what's important. It's like even the same thing with like the whole, like we'll, we'll, we'll pop back into COVID for a second when people are like, oh, my individual rights and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but you also, you live in a shared community in a shared society. You, like there's give and take, like your freedom, have your freedom at the same time. Like there's a mutual understanding that you are sharing it with everyone else. So it's like, a, like you're coexisting with each other to where like within hardcore, I'm just kind of like, just like be cognizant of each other and just like be civil with each other like that that's just like being an adult is the way I look at it is like as long as everyone's like chill and civil there shouldn't be any problems and then everything just works better like the more drama that there's at shows or like online or whatever it just like as a whole makes the community look bad and like just makes it like harder and like I just think of especially like when everything eventually comes back to whatever degree that is like venues are going to be more sparse. Um, I personally don't think that when shows like officially come back, like I've had a lot of talks to people where they're like, Oh, I think the shows are going to be crazy and like everyone's going to be going off. I don't think that'll be the case. I think that you'll have a lot of people that are much more timid to come back. And until there is like a vaccine and even then I think in general I think you're going to see a shift in how people like socialize and how they like interact with things but even then I don't think like even though people have missed it for so long or whatever I don't think that people are going to be like going off like crazy to the opening band I think people are going to still show up late I think people are like I don't think regardless of like what's happened I don't think that's going to shift how people act in that sense but i think that like resources are going to be much more limited to the more i guess just mature and civil that everyone can be with each other i think that all it's going to do is like benefit the community as opposed to like having weird egos or um just like unnecessary like crap you know like when things do come back to whatever they are it'd probably be in everyone's best interest just to be as cool and chill as possible honestly i feel like maybe uh out here like just i feel like depending on the show like the first show back i, I think depending on who's playing that's going to kind of determine what kind of show it's going to be like because i feel like there's uh you know obviously um there's been uh you know people people getting canceled and people talking crap on the internet during this whole thing so i i imagine out here uh at least like one fight has to happen you know first show back which wouldn't be too surprising whatever like we've seen fights happen all the time but like i would be surprised if a fight didn't happen um but i I am curious to see if kids are going to come back 
you know, uh, in droves and uh, go off because I, I traveled across the country during the, 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 the pandemic. And I feel like I've got to see, um, literally both sides because here at home on the last not the episode that aired today but the one before that talking about how like just from like location to location how people are interacting with the pandemic is just like worlds apart 100 percent, and it it blows my mind because i'm just like damn like we all are in these weird bubbles because uh, before I even traveled, I you know uh, tapped in and talked to some of my friends out in Florida to see what the climate was like and how they saw it. And the way that they described it was very true. When I went out there, it was uh, just so different from home because here, um, obviously, like our governor, um, he's like crazy and has all these like crazy restrictions. So it's, uh, it's way more closed off than Florida is. I- I'm sorry. So y'all are locked down in Cal. Oh, that's how it seems. Yeah. So uh, it, it's gotten like a little better from where it was, but it's still like, you know, pretty bad. And then when I was in Florida and just seeing how just it was like a non-issue, I was like, this is so crazy. And it, it just felt like I was in the wild, wild west. It just seemed like there was like no rules. And I was just like, I hope I make it make it out of here. OK, like I, I wore I wore two masks just to feel better and, you know, hopefully fight it more. And um, I, I came home and I, I'm fine. It's been like two weeks. Uh, I'm not sick. So I'm just like, okay, I've, I've been to Texas, Florida, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada during the, the, the pandemic. And it's, yeah, it, it's only been strange times to see it. And Idaho is real, Idaho's real Republican. Okay. So, I mean, we keep getting in the news as like being one of the top like hotspots per capita. Um, I mean, even this is what you're saying, like, like the whole, like your own, like personal bubble or like what you see the like very like left leaning part of town and everyone has like masks on and like you see like black lives matter like flags and signs up everywhere and like biden stuff but then you literally go to like another side of town and it's totally different and um anytime like i work at home so i like i don't really go out that often if ever right Mm -hmm. now but even like we went to target on saturday and i always like working at home has my days even blending together you know so I didn't even think like, oh, Saturday, it's going to be busier. And we went on Saturday and I was just like blown away by like the amount of people that still like didn't have masks on. And I'm just like, y'all are fucking stupid. Like, I hate it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I mean, I think even like going like circling back to Florida, I remember talking with my friends, some of my friends in Florida, like in the summer. And these are people that I would consider pretty smart mm-hmm. or very like, they seemed very cynical and ap- like just very like questioning of the pandemic at that point and being like, oh, well, the news, you know, they say this, but then I'm seeing this and I'm like, well, I mean, why are you fully trusting the news? You know, it's a business, but um, I don't know. It's just like, it's definitely interesting. And I think, what we see on the day-to-day 
like regardless is going to have an influence on you it's kind of like the more the more you see people doing things in your head whether like you mean it to happen or not it's going to like have an effect on you and like kind of like normalize you to it or like I guess rationalize it or like oh if everyone else is doing this like maybe it's really like it's really going to make a big deal if I do it you know type of a thing and I think that's half the reason why we're in the situation that we're in outside of the government not giving a fuck about it but yeah I obviously like I don't have the answers but I kind of wish we would have taken the, the approach of like some of the other countries uh you know like like like, like France how like their government was like paying like a certain percentage of like people's uh income so that they were still able to you know make rent and stuff like that but going on full lockdown whereas like our government was like here's your uh $1200 check and that's it and it's just like and then and like they clearly have the ability to to help us when it comes to you know um, these like money issues because you look at like the trillions of dollars that they gave to these companies it's look at how much they spend on the government uh or not sorry not on the government look how much the government spends on like military 100 percent. like what do we need that for right now like who like it's stupid um chad from perfect world posted this article a couple months ago that rolling stone put out which was really good and it was basically like all all the coronavirus did was highlight all the flaws in the united states Mm -hmm. and just brought it to everyone's attention and the fact that a lot of people weren't working they had the ability to actually like look at it and think critically about it about how all did it shows flaws in our healthcare and our education system and like police like like all these problems that are there it's just like it it was like almost like the weird perfect storm where it just brought to light all this crap. And there were like, there's a really, um, you, if you haven't watched it, there's a documentary about how the, the US handled um, the coronavirus on Hulu. That's really interesting. It goes through like, I don't know when they stopped filming. I think they stopped filming it in like September or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's super, it goes literally through how it was handled, how it could have been handled before, like tons of different interesting interviews. It's very sick. No, I'm I'm definitely really curious because it's, um, it's something that we've like obviously like never experienced before, and just to to live through it, I'm just like, dude, this is so crazy. And I feel like uh, I'm lucky because I was able to keep my job, so like I, I've been working through this whole time, so. I haven't had to you know deal with some of the struggles that I know some of my friends have. Like I, I saw like you know, a couple of friends lose jobs, have to, you know, fight to get on unemployment. And luckily they were able to get back on their feet and find new work, which I'm just like, dude, that's that's insane. That's scary to me to think like who the hell's gonna like, you know, hire somebody during like, you know, the pandemic. Like how are you gonna find like a good job right now when everything just seems so crazy? So I was like my girlfriend, she she was like furloughed for a while went back to work and then I think within had to have been within a month of being back at work quit and got a different job mm-hmm. but with her new job she was there for two weeks and then they had to close everything because coronavirus like someone like her she was off for a while again but just like the whole I like especially with people in the whole like I'm trying to like 
people renting right now, like with everything that's been going on, like that's crazy. And just like hearing about friends who's like, or rents getting hiked up this year and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, that fucking sucks. Like literally the worst time to where I feel really fortunate and lucky that I've been able to like be employed this whole time. And that what's crazy is we haven't heard a word from our landlord since all this happened, like not mm-hmm. a peep to where we're just like, that's, I mean, that could be a good thing. Could be a bad. Like, I don't know. Like we're just trying to like, I think our lease is actually up at the end of this year or end of this month. But um, we're like, oh, they should be stoked that because we, we live in like a threeplex that no one here has like not been able to pay rent every month. And we're hoping that like, because of that, like, it's just like chill and they don't like raise our rent or anything. They're just like, let's just keep the way things are like. Yeah, that would be nice because it, it would just to, to raise a rent and you're like, damn, why? Like why now, especially during these crazy times. And it's, it, it's something strange. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm real curious because I, I can't remember if it was uh, Twitter or Facebook. They announced that like, you know, um, obviously they had a bunch of uh, workers who had to work from home, but then they um, announced that going forward, they don't even have to come to the office anymore. They could choose to work from home or come into the office like, you know, indefinitely, even after the, the, the pandemic. And I'm just like, dude, that's, that's awesome. Cause like a, a lot of jobs like that can be done remotely. Um, is that, that- they like, I think they sent out a survey in like August or September, like, Oh, if we open the office back up, would people come back? And everyone was like, no. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, well, you guys can just keep working at home then. And uh, is that something that you can do with your job? Like re- remotely? Have you ever thought about like, um, like, do you have to be where you're at now or could you go somewhere else? I mean, I could definitely like freelance if I wanted to. That to me, that's just super stressful. Like I'm the type of worker that doesn't want to have to deal with like managing client expectations and like that whole like relationship side of things and like I like that I have health insurance and like have all that covered and like they do all that like thinking for me Mm -hmm. like I I mean I just kind of look at my job as okay this is a means for me to I I like what I do but I just look at this is a means for me to like be able to pay rent have money for food have money to do things that I, I enjoy doing it's not like, oh, my career is my life. Like that to me sounds like misery. Like, yeah, um, but, yeah. I like having a solid separation between this is my personal life and this is what I do for work. It's nice that I'm able to do something where I'm not miserable, you know, 40 hours a week. And I feel lucky that I only have to have one job because I mean, I think most people are grossly underpaid and have to obviously work like multiple jobs to even like make ends meet. So I feel really fortunate that I'm able to work full time and just have one job. But I mean, I could, as far as I know, we're not going back to our office and that we're just staying remote Mm -hmm. because we are already set up for remote work anyway, but it was kind of like, oh, if you want to be remote full time, it has to be like manager approved. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, it doesn't matter how long you work here or what your like employers, like in terms of like what your status is within the company, whether you're on like good grounds, bad grounds, whatever. It's just, 
everyone's working at home because like I, I know initially when they were talking about going back they were looking at all the health like protocols and things they would have to do off office of as many employees we had uh-huh. we would have already had to like rearranged everything and like i mean on any given day there is anywhere from 40 to a, like 80 or 90 people at my job which to me sounds like a big hot spot for uh the covid breeding grounds yo when i was in <laughs> when i was in las vegas i i, I felt like because um, I, I went for for my buddy's birthday shout out nate and he he really wanted to um, have dinner at hell's kitchen so we, we got a hotel like right there on the strip by hell's kitchen and that's that place the las vegas strip i felt that was like a breeding ground for covid because the amount of people like that I, I think the las vegas strip was worse than when i went to florida for disney world just seeing just the amount of people just the nasty people with their masks off everybody's just you know boozing on the streets everybody's smoking and all the weird homeless people trying to sell shit or the people trying to hand you those like sex cards and i was just like this is this is disgusting like i legit felt gross and i hated being on the strip and i was just like this is like i was like okay like i i i'm not even kidding i i honestly thought that i was gonna get it just because of how bad it was and how many people were there and like just everybody's still trying to go clubbing and and it was it was wild it was seriously like, it was scary i'm i don't think i'm like a hypochondriac but i'm definitely like very like cognizant of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i remember we tra- we went to we went to mardi gras in louisiana to visit my family and that was like right when there were like the first initial cases in the united states okay and i remember when we were traveling i like brought like cleaning stuff to whenever we would sit down on the airplane i'd wipe everything down and i brought i brought face masks i ended up not wearing them because i felt like no one that i was with wanted to wear i didn't want to be the only one wearing one but i remember like talking and i'm like this is gonna be a thing and everyone's like i mean maybe like i don't know and then like um just being like anytime we were out because i mean it's fucking murder there's like thousands upon thousands of people and i'm like making it a point not to like touch my face or anything and like Mm -hmm. washing my hands a bunch and like checking the news and being like oh there's another confirmed case so and so like whatever and then like i forget what airport we were at but it was definitely like an international airport so i'm like i'm already like oh shit there's potentially people from like all over like what if someone has it and they just don't know but um to where going out even now like i'm not scared to go places but i also am like trying unless it's something i need to go do i'm just not gonna go mm-hmm. or if there's like a safer means for me to do it i will but like going back to what you're saying like just like the mint almost the mental turmoil of like going somewhere after and then wondering well fuck did i get it like I was around all of these careless people. Like, what if, what if I got it and I just don't know? Like, that to me is almost not worth it. Like, I mean, I could, you can just go get tested. But then half the time, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, shit. What if someone? Because I know the tests, like, there's not like an infinite amount of them. To where yeah. I'm like, well, shit. What if someone needed this test more than I did? Like. I'm always skeptical about getting like a false positive because I've I, I I've known people to get those yeah. and you're just, my, like it's crazy. My mom's coworker had one. Like her boyfriend was a bartender, mm-hmm. and the week 
the bars and it, I mean, they, I think they reopened here, but the first time that they opened, they were only open for like a week because okay. of how quickly cases spiked up. Yeah. But he got it. Her coworker tested, tested negative, and then ended up getting like having it like four days later. And to her, I was like telling my mom, like, well, it can take up to two weeks. Like, if you test, like, really, like, if you test immediately, like, you should get tested again. Like, that doesn't mean you're not going to get it. It just means that it hasn't, like, um, like, come about yet. Yeah. Hasn't surfaced. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, and I, like, during Vegas and on the way home from Vegas, I was, like, just chewing gum. I was like, do I still have my taste buds? can I smell anything? I was like, all right, that's like my barometer. If, if I can smell and taste, I'm like, all right, I think I, I think I should be good. Cause um, if I'm not feeling, feeling sick, I, I don't think I'm a I'm symptomatic or whatever. I'm not a doctor, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, this whole time, that was the only time that I was ever like actually scared because I, outside of that, I've honestly thought that I was going to just get it from being at work. Cause like, like I said, I, I haven't stopped working. So I was like, all right, like, yeah, it's like, I guess, um, I'll get it at some point at work. They'll pay for my quarantine and, you know, I won't really skip a beat. Cause like, uh, as long as like the money's still coming in, like I'm all right. Um, but yeah. haven't got it from work. I actually got a text from work today that somebody in our building got it. And like, cause like, um, it's like my district were like separate from like other districts or whatever. So like nobody was asking the question. So I had to ask my boss, I was like, yo, did anybody in our district get it? Cause it was like a, it was just like a general text. Like, Hey, per our uh, regulation and procedure, like I, I have to let you know that three people in the building got it and nobody said anything. So I was like, fuck it. Like, I want to know if somebody that I deal with on a daily basis got it. Cause if they did, I have to go get tested and, and figure this out. But then he told me it wasn't anybody in our district. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'm fine. But he, he just had to tell us. I thought that was just so funny. I was like, okay, this is so strange that, you know, that got this text. That it was just so casual. And like, it's just, nobody seemed to care except for me. Cause nobody, nobody asked. I was like, this is so weird. And even like, that was like a couple hours ago. So even like, as of us recording this, still nobody said anything in the group text. So I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. I feel lucky that for the most part, the pe- I mean, not everyone I work with, but a lot of people are very like sensitive to like what is going on to where they're like pretty like, like, I feel like that's like part of the reason why we just aren't going back is they're just like, yo, if we have the means to work remotely, like why wouldn't we? Like not everyone has that luxury and they're having to like put themselves and others and like, you know, potential danger mm-hmm. to um, be able to like make money and stuff. But they're just kind of like, yeah, if we have the ability to work at home, like, why would we not take advantage of that? Like, they let us take home, we have, like, standing desks and, like, was able to bring home, like, all of my monitors and, like, get the full, like, home office set up, which is pretty sick. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're able to, like, that that should be something that, um, you know, should be an option because... Because if, if they can get rid of that overhead of not having to have a building, because you got to think about how expensive that is. Oh, you know? like I'm already like in my manager's ear, like, oh, so what are we doing with this uh, newfound revenue that we have? Like, and they're like, well, we're, we're figuring that out. Like, there's things. I'm like, well, we should do this, this, and this. That would be really cool. Um, speaking, and I mean, 
I'm more stressed now about like winter time because everyone always gets sick during the winter and everyone's going to be inside so much and like the holidays went up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I, I mean, it, I feel like every, not every band I know, but quite a bit of bands I know are all getting ready to start recording like this month and next month from like wondering how many of those either get like completed or like postponed or like stretched out longer, you know, with everything that's coming up. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I I know uh, roll them all there in the studio yesterday and I'm a huge fan of that band. I'm curious because like, I didn't ask, I just, uh, you know, just, uh, just being on certain people's lives and just, you know, kind of figuring out that information and I'm not like seeking this stuff out. I, I just happened to, you know, hop in a live and, you know, buddy was going to the studio and he was like, yeah, roll them all's recording. So, I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting piece of information. Cause I didn't even know they were already going to hit the studio to record something new. So I'm like really curious to see if that they, or to see if they finished recording or if that was just like, you know, day one of like, you know, of their next record, who knows if it was an EP LP. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious too, because obviously we're here at the end of the year and I, I'm really curious to see if bands are going to stay active and recording and releasing stuff. I know we're supposed to start recording this month or next month. That that whole aspect of the band I'm very like removed from. Mm-hmm. Since I'm like the last part of it and like I'm letting them deal with all of that and then just like kind of like you'll let me know and then I'll come in and start doing my stuff. But so, so you guys are um, slated to start recording this month or maybe next month? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact dates, but either this month. I know, like, they kind of, because, I mean, everyone everyone, our, everyone in our band kind of has, like, different schedules. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, I mean, luckily, the guy that we're recording with is, like, pretty flexible. So it's kind of just like, I mean, there isn't any like crucial deadline per se, but it's kind of like, I think we're trying to start recording at the end of this month or beginning of next month. And, um, cause we already recorded the whole record ourselves. Like we demoed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So we have all the music, everything's already written. It's just like, okay, now let's actually go record it in like an actual studio and have it sound better so and is that's it, at least less stressful. is it going to be another full length yes hell it's yeah like 12 or 13 songs that's awesome i it, yeah I, I mean it's fast like i it's I, I think it's under 20 minutes okay it's it's pretty <laughs> like, short um now that's cool i mean I've been listening to it a lot just because, like, we recorded, we demo tracked it over the summer mm-hmm. and part of the fall to where I've just been, like, listening to it a lot because we wrote half of it during quarantine. So a lot of it, a lot of us were learning the songs, like, as we were recording them. But, um, that's been, I mean, I, I like it more than our last record. I think it's way better. I mean, everyone says that, but a lot of those other songs we wrote at the very beginning of the band. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can kind of hear that a little bit on the record. Whereas 
this one is like, and we wrote it much, even though we wrote half of it in quarantine, it was still written from a very like cohesive standpoint of like, okay, this is like the overarching theme of the record. These are what the songs are about. This is kind of the vibe that we're going for. So let's write it. Let's write songs with like all of that in mind and like having that already figured out before, like, oh, it's just write like hardcore songs that we enjoy playing. Now, would you say the new record, is it along the same lines as Threats of the World or is there a progression in the sound? Uh, I think it sounds more like what, I guess more like what it should have. I'm trying to like, so I guess it sounds more like a progression. Like to me, it sounds less, um, some of the songs, I guess, are less obvious. Like, they all have, like, they're, they're all fat. I mean, most of them are fast. They have, like, mosh parts. They have fast parts. They have, like, I mean, they also like hardcore songs, but a lot of the stuff to me is a little more, like, subtle. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, oh, like, I didn't really, there's, like, one part in particular that just comes in my head where, like, to me it's kind of like a fake out part like it's definitely like a mosh part but at the same time like the build up into it might catch you off guard for what like comes next and I, I like when bands do that kind of stuff um i mean i think the biggest thing is i think lyrically it's way better it took more time writing the lyrics and then i think with everything that's been going on this past year especially it was much um I feel like it was a lot more important to have more like relevant, like current lyrics. And um, we kind of, we just always, we just wanted the record to have like an overarching theme. And even when we first started writing it, cause we started writing it last year, like over the summer, started writing stuff. But even then it was like, okay, these are, I'd already like, this is kind of the stuff that I'm wanting to talk about. and. We just kind of always kept that in mind and then we're always very vocal at practice about we want the new stuff to like fit more into like these styles or doing these things more so we've kind of kept a lot of that just always in like the back of our heads like when we were writing this stuff yeah that that's definitely awesome to hear i like to you know dive deep into like lyrical content so when there's like you know some deeper meanings when it comes to the lyrics and you know the, the meanings behind these songs I, I always think that's fun to be able to um read along and try to like you know interpret it and you know find it its actual meaning and see if like you know what i'm like you know getting out of it is actually like what it's supposed to be so I, i'm definitely looking forward to seeing and uh, well hearing and reading and uh you know the, the when the new songs come out um i know sorry go ahead I was gonna say I know this one that's like going to be like a big focal point even like in the layout is like lyrics and song meaning and kind of like building off of those ideas and like having further like conversations and discussions and like thinking around that because I mean at least for us like one of our favorite things about like hardcore and punk are the lyrics and it being like a jumping off point for people to like be getting into other, to like, I guess like further educating themselves or just getting like learning or hearing about things. Like we're not like all super young or anything, but um, 
like our drummer Charlie always brings up a good point. Like, oh, well, this record, like these records talked about this. And that really inspired me to start looking into this stuff when I was younger. And that would be really cool if the same thing can happen for people that like are into our band or like have never heard of us and get into that. Like if this can be a good like starting point or like bridge into something else, like that's awesome. And like taking it a step beyond like hardcore. So I think like with the new record, that's something that we're really like trying to have an emphasis on and like having it be like a, um, a point of importance. No, I, I, I definitely like that a lot because you think about uh, when you're, doing a band especially for somebody like you who's in the position is the the vocalists um you get to you know kind of um you know they write the the songs you know all the instruments but then you kind of steer it with the lyrics so you, you kind of are like the, the the captain of like the the theming when, when it comes to the songs so I, I think it is like an important role and for you to recognize that and want to take that stance to try to like inspire uh, other people i i, I, th- I think it's really awesome because you never really know um, who you're going to inspire when you just do the things that you do. So um, the fact that that's something that you want to do. And I, I think it's really important to want to put people on to, you know, new music or um, open up their thinking to, to new ideas, uh, you know, to keep hardcore alive. I, I think that's really awesome. Well, that's like, even with like the lyrics, like I'll write them, but then, I'll like show everyone else in the band and like they'll give me feedback or like mm-hmm. our guitar player Nathan really likes to be involved with that process to where he'll be like oh well he'll ask me like what are each one of these songs like okay well I can read this and interpret it to what I think it's about but like to you like what is the song about to you like what are you writing about I just want to like hear it from your side since you're the one that wrote the lyrics and then um we'll do that or then even like I remember last year he was like oh I'd we should try to write a song about you know this topic like I've always wanted to like have a song in a band about that and I'm like oh well, that's something I'm also interested in so I'll definitely like, like keep that in mind and then we ended up writing a song about that but um and then like Charlie and I would get together and go through the lyrics and stuff and even just like fitting i i personally hate this aspect about being in a band is like fitting lyrics i can't write lyrics till the song is already written because trying to like like fit lyrics into a song is very frustrating to where i'll sometimes have like either an idea or like a few like written lines but i won't really be able to write the lyrics until like the song is done but even then like writing the lyrics in my head or along to the music but then when it comes to actually playing it or recording it, it's like way different, you know? Or like, I'll be like, oh, I could fit this many words out. But then whenever I try to actually sing it, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely way harder than I thought it would be. And especially with this, like writing in quarantine, like that was the hardest thing for me when we demo tracked it was, I didn't have any muscle memory from any of these songs, you know? to where a lot of them I was learning as we were going which like which is why I've been like listening to the fucking record all the time just so I can like when we actually go to record it like have it be like muscle memory at that point yeah and you won't really be wasting any time in the booth you'll kind of just just get right to work yeah like 
I, I hate recording in general. Like it's stressful, it's annoying. So I'd like to be as proficient as possible when we're doing it. Uh, question about the record. Uh, on Search of the World, you had some features on the new record coming out. Are, are you guys gonna have any features or is it just gonna be you guys? I have, a, we have a few people we've talked to that should be, if you know, everything works out the way that we want it to, we'll also be on the record. Okay, hell yeah, that's super sick to hear. And are you guys sticking with Safe Inside Records for the next release? Yes, I we really liked working with them. Tim, like, I talk about, I mean, not a lot, but I've definitely talked about it. Like, it's kind of crazy if you like, if you've been in hardcore long enough, the amount of like small labels that kind of just come and go, mm-hmm. you know? And like, cause I mean, we've said earlier, there's not really any money in hardcore to where a lot of stuff is very like short bursts. And with Safe Inside, I feel like they've already like stuck around longer for a small label and it just continues to keep growing. And they're getting like, I mean, I like the roster but I feel like the label itself is like growing and getting better to where I think that's really cool to be like part of a label that's like doing that. That isn't like a short burst where it was like here today, gone tomorrow, which I mean, that's part of, I guess like the fun of hardcore, you know, but um, I also like the idea of like kind of being on the ground floor with a label and like sticking with it and like seeing it grow and like as your band, and grows and that stuff to where sticking with them should be some cool stuff happening with the label in 2021 and with i mean like the last few records they've put out specifically have been fucking sick i talked to some people behind the scenes um you know about record labels and uh there's bands who will you know EP will be on this label, LP on the next label, and they're just kind of jumping around. And part of me is just like, okay, like I, I get it. It's like hardcore. Like I don't know if like the contracts are like super serious. Where like you know you got to do like the next three records on this, and then like you know they own your masters, and then you're free or whatever. But like talking to like some people behind the scenes and them letting bands like leave the label to go to other labels, I'm just like, why? Like see, like like you have them on there because like you obviously like you like the music, you saw the potential in them. Like, why do you want to be this like stepping stone label to you know promote bands to the bigger label? Like, why why don't you be that bigger label? So I like when I see That's these labels. You saying that is exactly like I mean, I talk with the the folks at the label all the time, but like that was one thing they're like, we don't want to be a stepping stone label, like. um like no one no one's under like contract like mm-hmm. you know I mean like you can do whatever you want but um they're like we really like i mean I, I look at a lot of i think jumping labels in general it isn't bad if what i mean obviously if you have the potential if you if you're given an opportunity for your band to like reach way more people and it's going to benefit it's going to be beneficial to your band like you should do it without a doubt but I think jump if you keep if you keep jumping around to different labels or releasing with different things that are like kind of all on the same level as who you were like originally with, mm-hmm. unless you're reaching like new audiences or like new people that understand why you would do that, like it doesn't make sense to me. Like 
all you're doing is like kind of spreading yourself then and it's not like you're necessarily reaching any new people like the people that are into your band are going to be into your band regardless um to where i don't know and at the same time it that does make it just way harder for a label to grow if all of their bands are leaving but then at the same time it's a label's responsibility to have an incentive for you to stay at the you know what i mean like at the same time like if your band is growing and the label can't keep up with it like i don't think it's i don't think it's your responsibility to stay per se so it's i mean it's like, i think it's a gradual growth on like both ends but um yeah i'm psyched with what how safe inside's growing and i think that in 2021 they'll be doing some really cool stuff so i'm pretty psyched for that yeah i i would love to see a, a showcase because obviously um you guys are on the label i love time and pressure i love um take it to heart local guys you know know those guys nice dudes and then from richmond no other way which i think was an awesome signing a super awesome band and then Jamie Rock. yeah he, he i i i don't know if i said it publicly but jamie and dewey are my favorite people from richmond i uh, love those guys so much they're actually coming on the podcast next month um but yeah and just like uh that band i'm um, fame who just I, I just got put on to uh spencer actually reached out to me and was like yo you need to check this band out so they're fucking awesome we were that's a band that we've tried to like on multiple occasions like oh we're gonna try to like tour with y'all mm-hmm. but it just like shit comes up and then um but they're definitely like one of my favorite current bands um i keep telling um them that not fun but like yo we should def- they definitely should be like some sort of like safe inside record showcase it'd be sick to do it in san diego at some point dude imagine stepping stone chemical fix you guys just everybody bring out cold shoulder reaching out dude you get like honestly it'd be pretty wild i mean i think like i think axagram posted the other day about um oh what are everyone's like favorite current hardcore labels okay I, I i saw that yeah and it's just cra- like it's just crazy like because obviously like for whatever's going on that's current, you you kind of only see what your timeline allows you to see, you know? For sure. And to where, like, reading through all the replies, I'm just like, yo, I've, I haven't heard of half of these labels, and I feel like I'm pretty, like, in the know with a lot of, like, current stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, that's fucking crazy. That's, like, it's cool. And I'm just like, man, like, for as many current hardcore labels as there are, it's wild that, like, I really feel like people only talk about a couple and I mean that's not like a diss on anyone I think every I think any label that's like current and hardcore is like put in all of the work and like rightfully so like like that's why they're popular they you're putting out good releases and like being consistent I think that's like the biggest thing but um tour it's just interesting to like look at and be like damn how the there's so many fucking current labels that are going and like putting out releases that like either people don't know about or just aren't talking about to where I don't know. Hardcore is cool. I think that 
um, I think it's really important for people to step outside of the, the cool bubble of bands. Anytime people complain about like, oh, like it's usually old. It's usually old people too about like <laughs> current hardcore doesn't have this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it does. You just, it might not be what's in Vogue right now, but there's always, no matter what era of hardcore you're in, there's always bands playing a style that you like. You just, it just might be harder to find it. Yeah. There's definitely bands playing it. Like even in like the like post TUI, like Reaper records era, I remember a lot of people I knew were mad that there wasn't like melodic hardcore or like faster hardcore and everything was very like hard style and like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, there are still bands that played it back then. They just weren't like maybe cool, but they were definitely there. You just had to go look for it. And um, I think sadly with like streaming and stuff, like you, you do get the access to everything, which is awesome. But at the same time, I think in a lot of ways, unless you're the type of person that goes to seek out and find music, I feel like in a lot of ways it gets people very like stuck in a bubble of, oh, I listen to these like X amount of like artists or albums to where the algorithm doesn't always like recommend you new stuff. You know what I mean? It just recommends you the same artists or you'll listen to your daily mix or unless it's like you just keep listening to the same stuff over and over again. I totally get that. I. I was actually I'm on vacation with some friends and they're like uh, I would comfortably say that they're like older generation hardcore dudes like they talk about like you know their first shows like you know seeing like biohazard and like their heyday and stuff like that and then um, it, it's funny to hear their, their, their perspective because um, obviously they, they still love hardcore they'll go to fest they'll go to certain shows but they're not like super active in what's currently going on and we're having this conversation about New York hardcore and I was talking about how I love, um, or, you know, I was actually talking about, um, cause I just had chat on the podcast and I was like, yeah, I was like, um, you know, cool band from the city. And then they were trashing on me. They're like, oh, there's, there's, um, you know, nothing going on in, in the city. Like, like name like four bands that are currently coming out of like the, the city. And I named like four bands and they were just like, like those bands suck. <laughs> and like, that's, that was like their response. And, and I get it. Cause I'm like, all right, you, you guys probably think this, these bands suck because you you probably never taken the time to actually listen to them or you just like to think that the bands that came before them were better which is fine but you can't tell me that there's no bands coming out of the city when there's definitely things going on you're just not in tune uh, which is totally fine you gotta you know obviously they probably just don't care as much i get it because they've been around for so long but i'm just like the type of guy where i'm just like no like i and it's it's weird because like hardcore is like one of the few things in my life where like my love like hasn't faded so it's like i'm always like i'm I'm stoked to go look up a new band I, i'm like oh cool like where are these people from like what are they about like what are they singing about like where where are they from like how do they come up with a style from you know that location like it's always I interested like to me a lot, of, a lot of people have this like they're blinded by nostalgia of for sure obviously at a certain age like music is gonna stick with you way more like i like a lot of current hardcore but my favorite records have already like almost all like very rarely will I find a current band that totally like blows my fucking mind. Okay. Like, all in general, I'm like, Oh, this is sick. This is really cool. But very rarely do I hear a current band where I'm like, wow. 
but I think that's because I'm at an age where it just like I've heard so much music that it just takes way more to like really like get me and I think when you're younger a lot of that is so new and fresh and exciting to you that you'll find you'll just like it'll click with you way more you'll love it way more to where um and a lot of it's first I mean I can go there are bands that are out now that are objectively better than bands playing the same style from, you know, 10, 15 years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will end up enjoying that old record more. And I think part of that is because of when I heard it, where I heard it and just how I was like engaging with music then. And to where that's why I think it's important with current music for people to like, give current bands a shot and don't always be look i mean i think it's important to know your roots i think it's important it's a it's a balancing act of of like listening to old stuff as well as current stuff but i think that it always weirds me out when i see young people that are like so in love with like these old records that i'm like yo there are current bands that are playing that style like realistically better but you're gravitating toward this old record of a band that you'll probably never see. Whereas you could see this other band who's playing shows. I mean, obviously not now, but they're playing shows and you could connect with them to me at a deeper level. But it, I mean, it's just interesting. Like, um, cause even back when I was like younger, like I liked older stuff, but I, kind of gave a shit about what was happening then and there because that's the bands that I could go see and like sing along and like mosh to and I didn't have to worry about well I get to see them at a fest one day maybe they'll do like a reunion or something or a band will cover them yeah for when I first got into it I was just very keen on learning everything that was currently going around in that time and I didn't really care too much about the history. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older where I was just like, I need to learn these other bands. Cause like, I, I remember for like the longest time seeing people wear like, um, like, you know, mad ball, like integrity stuff. Like when I'd see like that cat skull, like I would see it everywhere, but I, I didn't know what the fuck it meant when I was younger. I was like, what is that? Well, I see it everywhere. And it, 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 it took like, sorry. Oh, I was, I was gonna say it, it just took me a while to actually to, to learn to appreciate the history because obviously the things that I'm into now were all influenced by all that older stuff. And, and, and it just clicked um, that all that stuff that came before my generation was so important in paving the way for what is currently going on at that point. So it's just like, yeah, like I, 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 I get it. I mean, but it just took me a little bit to, to, to want to go back and understand. And it's cool. Cause like to, to see where things started and to see, things you know kind of um you know branch out and evolve in certain directions it, it's something like a, an awesome thing and the fact that we're able to do that to, to go back to the very starting point of hardcore and then you know follow it all the way till now it, it's insane i mean that's like the cool thing with music is like i know this year i've been going back to a lot of records and bands that like it's not that i didn't like them but it just didn't click but i'm like i should like this in theory because it has stuff that I like about it, but it just wasn't clicking. To where this year I've gone back and gotten into a lot of bands that like I used to just not fuck with, like a lot of like post hardcore and kind of like indie 
like sort like pseudo emo stuff okay and um and i think a lot of it is like literally just like time and place and like hearing it in like certain elements i mean all of it all of these are just like factors that play into it but um yeah i just think that like especially like current stuff like those are the bands that are going to appreciate you being into their into their music and supporting them like some older band does not like they care but they they don't care at, you know i mean at the same time like it's not a make or break thing for them whereas a young band who like has the time and the energy to like really appreciate anyone that cares about their band like i think that's important like they're the ones that need you to be going to their shows when they play shows or like buying their record or streaming their record or like telling their friends about about them and like just being excited about it because i mean i was talking with one of my friends about this like people don't because like with streaming and stuff people i mean people still buy physicals but like people i feel like interact with music in a different way than they used to and music's like it's not that music is disposable now but it's more disposable than it was like i was talking actually earlier today with chris from change about how if you bought like you would buy a record or like a cd or whatever and even if you didn't love it to like get your money's worth you would like make yourself listen to it over and over and over again you know what i mean you'd be like well i'm gonna like really try to get into this or like let me just really try to like get into this and check it out. Whereas now you can stream something and if it doesn't click with you once you can just scrap but move on to something else because there's so much music to listen to that if it doesn't immediately grab you, it's so quick to be like, ah, never mind. Like there's a million other bands I could be listening to. Why am I gonna waste my time with this that with this band that was just fine? Yeah. I it, it's a it's something a, a weird time because you got to think about uh the the access to music it, it's like so easy because um i don't know anybody that doesn't have a spotify a apple music or even access to youtube so it's just like um like everybody has the ability to look up any band and listen to um, any record that's available online so i i, I get that and it's i i feel like if the music is good It'll, it'll get people's attention like whether people uh, you know click the first time or you know maybe a friend will show them and then they'll have to revisit it but i feel like that's like the the only way to to like you know to kind of be proven is just you know just write good music and people will, will listen to it because obviously if it's bad uh, people will figure it out sooner or later but if it's good um it might take some people like a little longer to to, to get into the record or it might take some time to you know uh you know catch wind and you know get in front of people's faces because uh I, i'm not on the ball for every awesome record that i listen to it, it you know it, it finds me in some some sort of way like you know obviously there's like my favorite artists where like i'm i'm on it i'm i'm knowing when the single's gonna drop when the actual album comes out but there's other times where i'm like holy shit I didn't even know that band was from here and they've been doing shit and they just put out a new record and it got suggested to me. So I'm like, cool. Now I can, you know, tap in and do my research. And if I like it, I'll definitely, you know, stick around and keep spinning the record. But if not, I'll just, you know, move on. So I, I feel like that's like my only thing is like, if you write good music, uh, it'll definitely, you know, 
get in front of people's faces and people will be into it, even though there are like a million bands to check out. That's what I feel like one thing that's really important and it gets talked about, I feel like kind of a bit, at least like the people that I listen to and like the shit I see about with a lot of music nowadays, like a new record comes out, it'll be all over everyone's timeline, but then within like a week, it's, you know, no one's talking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And to where I think one thing that's important for people to do is if like you really like a band and you care about the band, like um, keep talking about it, keep like telling people because it maybe it missed them. And I think that with so much music r- around right now, like I think that puts pressure on bands too to be like, you need to find ways to like stand out and to get people to keep talking about your band and being active because with i mean obviously it's not playing shows playing shows is the number one way at least to me to get people to like give a shit about your band but at the same time not everyone can like i mean no one in general like outside of covid most bands weren't really touring that much anyway at least like much easier on the east coast as opposed to like the west coast yeah it's more regional stuff yeah it's not like that's why i think it's so sick that like one step closer to that full u.s it's like dude that was so epic because do you think it started at the the have heart reunion ended at this is hardcore right yeah yeah it's crazy who do, and for a young band to be able to do that and, and saying, like, yeah it's wild i don't know why more young bands that have the opportunity to tour more why they wouldn't because you don't have responsibilities like i remember in college i was wanting to tour like during the summer with like one of the local bands i was in mm-hmm. and half the people just didn't want to and i'm like yo we have nothing going on like why wouldn't you want to like that just sounds fun yeah but i feel like that's what makes those guys like that much more special because they're willing to you know they, they took that risk you know like all those guys had a make sacrifices to you know to get in that van to go like across the entire country and back so uh you know hats off to to them and like like everybody that i've talked to from that band super awesome i have like nothing but positive things to say about them and like i feel like they're going to be part of like that you know that next generation where like they're going to be um you know paving the way for a ton of kids Do you think about how early on it is for them and the amount of influence that they already have it's it's crazy to watch and i'm I'm like super stoked that a band like that is around right now because like that's the kind of stuff that i love to see and that's why like i I love that i've been around for so long because i've I've got to see certain bands like that and to see their careers like take off and you know them to be able to have such an awesome impact on the scene it's it's so cool to to definitely just be able to enjoy it and see it in real time well and it's like so i mean there's like obviously like cool bands where you don't have to do anything and people are just gonna fuck with your band True. Which is fine. It's weird but sometimes, then, but I other get than it. that, other than that, like you have to give people a reason to give a shit about your band. Mm-hmm. To where you could be writing awesome music, but sadly, like that just isn't enough. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you totally have to it. give people a reason to care about your band, and a lot, like a good chunk of that is playing shows and um, doing like um, whether or not like. Um, I'm trying to think of the way to word this. Like, I think it's important to be intentional with the shows that you play, because not everyone, like we're saying, not everyone is playing full time. 
and a lot of it is regional and doing things like that to where I think when you're with what you're able to do, I think they should be very intentional and very smart with what you're doing. So you can like be making the most of those opportunities as opposed to just playing whatever random show that um, like, I feel bad when bands will play shows where it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a show. Great. But then no one there gives a shit about your band or what you're playing. And like, yeah, they're watching you, but at the end of the day, like they don't give a fuck. And that shit sucks when it's like a, a good band where like every opportunity in theory is a good opportunity, but at the same time, like, you know, is that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, no, I, I I get it, but don't you think it's worth it to take that risk sometimes to like, okay, fine. show up, show up to that show, like more than half the room doesn't give a fuck about your band, but you inspire like one or two people. And then like, they tell their friends and that's, you know, boom, seed planted there. Like, ah, oh, yeah, it, it's so like, obviously I think, the, the active, I think the more active you can be, the more risks you should take. Okay. Like if you're going to be a full-time touring band or like things like that, you should be playing weirder tours, I think, because I me mean, off the bat either. I think that you should solidify, like, you know, like we'll say your home team, but then start branching off. Like, I think, I think Drug Church does a really good job of it. Well, they'll play like kind of weirder tours, where they're kind of the oddball, but they're doing these bigger tours where even if they can pull a handful of people from each of those tours, like that's a big win. Yeah. And then I think like um, like when One Step Closer did those dates, they did some tour. Or like I think we're, it might have been. Are you talking about when they played with Knuckle Puck? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. And then, or even like when they did that thing with Defeater. Okay. Like Defeater is a hardcore band, but at the same time, they're not. It's a different type of hardcore person that listens to Defeater in 2019, 2020 than like someone that listens to one step closer for sure to where I think those are smart. But for instance, like if we got asked to play like a death metal show, we'd be like, nah, we're okay. Like, really? Okay. I, what if it was a death metal show back home? I don't think we'd probably play it. Like, wow. Okay. Interesting. See, I, okay. I don't think anyone there, for the most part would like our band or give a shit about it. And since our time is a little more limited because like we're mm -hmm. a little bit older and like true, we have other stuff going on for like, we want to like, I'm more, we're more apt to take risks. If like we can really look at it, like we played with last summer, we played with um teenage bottle rocket. Yeah. I remember that. And we're like, looking at the lineup we definitely were like the oddball on the show yeah but not but, too far off from like yeah, you know, like, the people okay, that would like people that are into like punk should in theory like hardcore and vice versa yeah to where we know 99 percent of the kids at the show probably don't go to local hardcore shows here but even if we can pull like a couple people sick and we sold a few seven inches at that show to like we'll say randoms and that was cool and it was fun and um to where i think that's smart i just think like bands really should be very intentional with what they're doing and not like 
and I think all, a lot of it has to come with like age and like what are you trying to do with your band like if you're trying to do your band as much as possible mm-hmm. you should take more risks like I would love to be really risky and just make crazy merch that is insane that I think people might actually be into this but it's expensive and what if no one buys it then we're out you know potentially several hundred dollars and we don't have like the wiggle room to do that but i think if you do have that wiggle room you should definitely be like it's crazy to me that more like bigger established bands don't pivot out of the normal like hardcore formula to do weird interesting things because it'll probably end up paying off i would think yeah because you think about just just one just one step in just like the weird direction because it's like nobody is doing this and if you're the first person to to do that you can just spark up like a whole fucking trend and it's so easy and and you didn't have to go that crazy you could literally just create just like any random piece yeah, of merch here's a great example okay so okay, that new record rocks okay 100 the lookbook or whatever that came with it yeah i think that's awesome but i don't think that's like something like so crazy like you know what i mean no um fake eyes they did those plushies oh the little guitar player one yeah dude i I can't i can't think of as long as i've been in hardcore i don't who i can't think of anybody who's done like a plushie like that i'm waiting for a band to make a stupid ass funko knockoff (laughs) dude see yeah and, and you gotta think just invest just invest a little more money um to have to have that random item and people would go nuts over that can you imagine well, it's like the mill spec book it's awesome i think that's a really cool idea mm-hmm. that's not in theory like groundbreaking or so crazy or far-fetched but just within the world of hardcore it is and it's like everyone that i've heard talk about that record they reference that uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that's sick. They did something that for heart different and it got people talking. Uh-huh. I mean, they're all looking out so they can take a risk like that. That's what I'm saying. If you're in that position to do more of these um, either like boutique or just different things, like why wouldn't you do it if like you could? Yeah. Like, I would love to be in a position to just do more strange unique things like that and be able to like not be completely like fucked after with it not working okay so i recently got into k well i keep saying i recently got into k-pop it's been like months now that i've like been listening to k-pop and like i'm like you know i've like i've dove deep into the culture i've i've like a ton of albums like on my desk over here and just seeing the way that they market those albums i'm like dude if a band did just 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 a fraction of what these k-pop artists did with like their albums like it it could be like a cool thing because what they'll do is they'll um depending on the size of the band um but like i'll just talk about like a rookie band like a newer band they'll come out with like an album but then it'll be packaged with like a lookbook they'll do like a whole crazy photo shoot themed with what they're wearing in the music video of the single that they're promoting for the record and then uh, with the album you'll get like uh like a couple photo cards 
and it, they're random and people and, and it's random and people get crazy and want to collect the whole sets. So they'll end up either, you know, doing uh, trading cards. So they'll end up trading with other K-pop fans or people will go insane and just buy multiple albums to try to get the photo cards of their favorite uh, member of the band. Do you remember, I forget what magazine it was, but Trust Co Records actually made trading cards. I don't remember uh, that. I don't remember if it, I swear it came out with like a magazine or maybe it was coming in CDs. I don't remember, but okay. they made little trading cards for their roster. Yeah. And it had the band picture on the back and had like different questions, you know, like um, about the band. It's like little brief, like, oh, who they are, where they're from, like, what are some, and, like, just whatever mm-hmm. crap like that. If you were a bigger label, that would be something really, to me, really interesting and cool to throw in your orders to get people like people are weird collector hounds about stuff and then at the same time could just be a fun interesting way to get people to check out potentially bands on your roster that they might not know about yeah but you can think about like the tons of photographers that are in the scene like yeah i'm, I'm sure somebody can come up with like a creative way to do something like that and i i, I get it it, it, it is a little more expensive, but if you think about it, just go that that just like that extra step that nobody else is doing right now and boom, you're instantly in like a whole like other league when it comes to like whatever album you're coming out with. And it, it, it is a risk. I mean, it's definitely an investment, but I feel like if somebody were willing to take that, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, the mill spec lookbook like that, you know, people that's a really great talking point. But if you think about like, it, if you just add a little more and make it that much more special, like do people would get behind it 100 percent. Me and um, Chris Mollett from Youth Energy, him and I are always talking about like, just trying to like, think creative, like, with like merch or oh, accessories is a bad word, but like, just, oh, what are things that you can brand yourself and use that no one's doing, but like, kind of like why aren't they doing it like this is something that would be like crazy expensive mm-hmm. like what are just cool things like him and i are always like bouncing ideas off of each other and he's going to be working on layout for our new record so him and i and the rest of the band are already trying to think of like more interesting and creative ways that we could make like the rollout and like the final product just more unique and uh, cooler is like you remember recently code orange they had like that website where you had to go and like solve a puzzle yes that was a nightmare i tried that for a second and i was like this is really hard yeah dude just that just the idea of like oh shit like do yeah. do the puzzle and, and you get access to like the the video and i was like dude that that's such a cool idea because did you get think about like the amount of work that went into that to you know come up with these puzzles and the coding and everything behind it like that took some work but for them to do that I think it's so fucking cool and they're a huge band now but they didn't have to do anything cool like that they could have just stuck to the normal formula or pre-order our record that comes with a shirt or you know the, the bundle whatever but it's like dude they went that that one step to just promote that and like for people um who were actually down and really wanted to to check it out and see it and get through it i feel like dude that was so fucking cool well you know, like how many like think about how many creatives let's use the term how many creatives are within hardcore a lot and if like if the amount of like trade like trading services or you know what i mean like bartering in that sense of like 
to get stuff done like you could come up with some super fucking cool things mm-hmm. and um so i don't know i just feel like there's so much oper- there's so much potential that i would really and i mean obviously like I, I mean hopefully we can come up with cool stuff that like so i'm not just looking like a total asshole but i would just love to see people do more like weird interesting things like did you joey from like gag and lower species he did like those gag socks that he made mm-hmm. and those are sick and i'm like yo how come bands don't make socks like that looks so cool and everyone fucking cuffs their pants now you know what's crazy wear. is uh like, I went to uh, so this is back when rotting out was like calling it quits um, like a couple years ago. And they, this was right before this was going warp tour. So they they were like, fuck, like, we're like, you know, um, you know, calling it quits or whatever. And then they just had all that merch and they they're like, all right, like we got to get rid of this merch so it doesn't go to waste. So they um, had a sale at, at like their warehouse where they were holding the merch. And I, I remember going and there was a bunch of unreleased stuff from like other bands because I guess they did like other bands merch too. And there was a, a fuck ton of socks and like beanies that like. Was that like Defiant Youth? Was that? No, 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 no. Um, it was honestly I don't remember who it was because I, I I think uh, yeah I'm not I, honestly I can't remember who who was there because all I remember was there was like a twitching tongues like camo beanie that like I'd never seen on sale and. Uh, that's what I got, and then there was like, yeah, but uh, there was a bunch of socks, and I was like, how come? I was like, I've never seen like. I know I've seen rotting out. I mean, they're a band that I feel like would be very appropriate to make like long socks. Yeah. But there's been like quite like not quite a few, but I've like occasionally seen socks. But I'm like, why isn't like why aren't more bands just doing this, especially with like the way like young kids in hardcore dress right now? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's cuffing their pants, has like longer socks, like that would look cool. Can you guys and make? Like, can re- rejection pack do keychains? I feel like that's what we joked about carabiners before. Okay. Oh, we're all old. Like, remember when everyone had carabiners? Yo, I still have one. Uh, I have a PlayStation carabiner that I got at, at this GameStop that was closing um, back home because I, I needed a new carabiner because that's what I carry my keys on. I still do that. We talked about making fly swatters before and oh. having those on tour. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's just like a like I remember like year of the knife, I think they made like a knife they were selling at one point. But I remember even with the last record we were trying to think of like cool weird stuff, but care like a keychain would be cool. Um I was actually looking into like oh what what would it be like to get like a toothbrush made? <laughs> like What about pens? Pens are like pencils, I think would be so useful. I remember I went great. I went to this Halsey pop-up because this was for when she was releasing her Badlands record. And I like, she, she did like a mock like airline, like pop-up to get your ticket to go to the secret show that, that weekend. And they were giving out um, these, just these pink, like Halsey branded pens. And, and that's all it was. it was. It said it was just pink and it just said Halsey. And I was just like, Oh, this is so sick. And I, I still have one. It's, it's like a, like a souvenir like I don't, i've never used it but i was like dude this is so cool to have like because where else would i get a like a pen with halsey's name on it i know getting custom pens printed is weirdly expensive okay like a lot of those like um we've had a quite a few cl- not quite a few but we've had a few clients at my job that do like 
marketing materials, you know, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's where you have to order them in such a high bulk number that I feel like for most like hardcore bands, it that's like so expensive. But with like someone like Halsey, like, oh, you could get a shit ton of them. And to where like, obviously like you're not making any money off of it, but the idea is for you to be like marketing, you know, and like people checking it out. So I'm always like, like that's why I feel like um, with stuff like that, why like it would be harder to do. So I'm like trying to have stuff where it's like, what's something that like has like long-term use, you know what I mean? Or, or it's just so fucking insane. And like the, maybe the cost isn't that expensive where it's like, all right, we'll eat the cost on this just because it's crazy and weird. But I remember I actually looked in, um, it wasn't pens, but it was like, might've been erasers that I looked into once. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty weirdly expensive. Um, but I mean, stuff like that, like, I mean, the easiest thing is just do stickers. You know, I remember lower species did dice. I think they came with their seven inch, which was really cool. And then do you remember back in the day? I want, I didn't see it personally, but people told me about, it. I think animosity had like a pipe that they were selling. I'd never seen that. That sounds crazy. Um, and then they had the thrash cap for a while. That was pretty cool. I remember Throwdown. They're doing like uh, they had like Chuck Taylors at their merch table, and it was just like camo, and it, and one said like had the T, the other one had the the D, which I thought was like super sick. But this was like when I was too young. I was like you know I was barely making it to show, so I didn't have enough money to afford those shoes, but. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the, the, like you could like, obviously like the possibilities are endless. It's just, you know, what you actually want to spend your money on, you know? I'm surprised. So like we got to that merch a couple weeks ago and I'm legitimately surprised that we haven't sold more masks just cause I'm like, yo, everyone, like everyone I know just keeps like buying like masks cause they're like cheap. And that mm-hmm. way you can like reuse them and you don't have to just buy like the disposable ones. Yeah. But like, um, cause I mean, they're not expensive to make. Dude. And so I was like kind of surprised about that, but. Well, you got to realize uh, the pandemic is over. I mean, I was told it was going <laughs> to end when the election ended. So I'm pretty excited to see the numbers drastically drop to zero. That's pretty cool. I know we're, they're going to release the, <laughs> the um, vaccination finally now that trump is gone they're talking about it today like or um i did i i did see that and the stock prices were going crazy i was like this is such a weird world like like why why is stock prices are being tied to this vaccine that's supposed to save our lives it's all about the money we just watched a documentary called dark money dark money okay about i mean it wasn't that good but it was about um corporate donations in like political campaigns and focusing on Montana and um, they had, I forget the name of it, but they basically had a law that like prohibited that. And then in 2010 at a national level, some, lots of details, but basically going into money being like corporate money going in and going into and influencing like political campaigns and like kind of the legality around that and like Montana specifically had a really bad incident happen to them a long time ago so they had like a law set in place 
And when the national thing changed, they were like going into court about that and whether or not states can dictate their own laws and if it like goes against like national um, regulations. But I mean, corporate money and corporate influence is real gross. And I really hope there is a vaccine out sooner or later. Now, are you a day one when it comes to the vaccine? No, I'll definitely take it, but I'm not going to like, I mean, like, well, I mean, with a lot of like, I'm more so curious if it's going to be like the flu vaccine or like an actual vaccine where like you are vaccinated from it and you won't fucking get it. Or if it's like, oh, well, this is a strain of the coronavirus and you're like, you're, you know, X percent less likely to get it now mm-hmm. type of a thing. I mean, either way at this point, like it's such like an unknown like disease and like it affects everyone differently. Like to me, that's almost scarier, you know, like, like, I mean, like, when Chad was on here and he was like, Oh, you know, it wasn't bad. Like I was fine after a few days, like that's awesome. And then I'll see like other stuff where it's like, yo, I have lingering effects three months later. I'm like, that sounds like shit. Like, or like, what if someone dies? Like it's these like unknowns, which to me is like the scariest thing about it. Where it's like knowing like other risks with other sicknesses that like, you kind of know you can prepare and you know what to expect. Where is this? It's hmm. yeah. It's just I'm curious. Am I what? You get it, person? <laughs> Am I gonna let them microchip me? Um, honestly, if if it's real, if the vaccination is real, sure, why not? I'll, I'll go and take it. Like I'm not worried about getting um, you know microchipped. Like I, I feel I feel like if if I can go get vaccinated to help prevent it, cool. I'll. I'll I'll do it. And, and I, but I just want to make sure it's like the good one. Cause I, I don't want the one that like Bill Gates was testing where like 80% of the people were like dying or whatever. Oh yeah. That's like, I remember, um, I want to say, I don't know if it's still a thing, but I know there's a thing here where they're like, Oh, you can come down to X lab and get your blood tested to see if you've already had COVID. Okay. And this will help with antibodies and like better understanding the disease. And I was like, yeah, but I also like, they're telling us at work about it. And I was like, well, do they have like a mail-in test they could do? No. Okay. Well, I don't really feel comfortable going down there, being around a bunch of other people that might have it and don't know it. Or like just being, just putting myself into a situation and other people having to put themselves in a situation and we're like, yeah, what if we haven't? We don't know, and we're actually just spreading it. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I totally get it because there's been stories of people who went to the doctor's office to get tested, and they didn't have it, but that's where they got it. Yeah, like I'm more than happy to like if the, if me sharing my information helps like the greater good, and there's a way for me to do it without putting other people in immediate danger potentially. Like, let's go. But my it worked like I don't think they you can do the mail-in thing. I'm like, all right, well then I'm just gonna wait. Like, I mean now, at least in the state, the state of Idaho just got a grant too to where. Um, I don't know how they. I didn't look into how they got the grant, 
but I bet it's because we have so many fucking cases every day here. Mm-hmm. But there's like free testing for everyone right now, and they'll mail it to your house if you want to get it tested. Like it's 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 limited to how many tests are available. But I mean, the fact that like you can get a free one mailed to your house is fucking sick. Yeah, uh, I feel like to to not be around people because I I I said on here before I I got tested um like I don't remember when it was but I but I got tested because somebody that I was not like directly in contact with had it and basically I, I was told hey like you should go get tested and I was like oh here we go and uh that was like a weird process because like like a lot of places were like booked up. And I was like, what the hell booked up? Like, well, like, what if I, what if I actually have it? And then uh, I have to wait. This is like so weird. So like, luckily I was able to find a place that, uh, and I, I did a drive through one. Cause I was like, I, I just want to get in, get out. I don't want to be around like, oh, like people that if I don't have to. So like I, I went and did the drive through one and then like my results came in the mail. The one I went to here, you had to make an appointment, but you got your results pretty fast. Like I called and made the appointment. Drove up, you like wait in a parking lot. They call your your number. They like wait for you to come drive up. They do the test, and then you got the results like two or three days later. Crazy. But I know here right now they have like a like I was saying that, and they have a bunch of other free testing sites right now. And like, as far as I know, like they're getting their results much quicker than they used to, which is cool. So wanted to ask you about um one thing about music, but um, it's okay if you don't want to talk about it, but um, you and I were talking in the DMs and you kind of uh, gave me some information. Are, are you able to talk about that? Uh, I'll just say, I'll keep it vague, but we're going to try to find ways to keep people engaged with our band outside of the new record in merch between now and then because we don't have like i mean no no one really has like release dates scheduled out you know because no one knows i don't really think anyone's going to be touring next year personally i Mm. hope i'm wrong at least not at like an actual maybe like regional stuff maybe i just i have no faith in our government and like how things are run i mean hopefully biden now it should be better but you know there's a lot it, it, there's a lot of stuff in play it's, a lot of work goes into that kind of shit but um to where we're like we don't have a set date of when we're gonna put our record out we know it's coming out next year and we have like we've talked like oh we like general time frame of when we'd want to put it out but between now and then like that could be a minute and we would like to um, stay as like engaged as we can with people. And we don't want to do a live stream, like not shade on any bands that do it. I've seen some good ones, but that's just not something that we want to do. We don't think that it would be interesting for anyone. Like I would love to do like a live, I want us to do a live Q and A just with um, Nathan, our guitar player he's very he's very he's a very interesting person and i think doing one with him would be really funny just like questions and shit but to answer your question we're talking about creating some things to 
keep people engaged before a record comes out that should be pretty cool if it all works out the way that we want it to okay and one last thing before we go i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about like the movies obviously there's been a lot of great stuff to have come out um i'm not sure if the theaters are open by you um but here Oh, they were open. You see, out here they're still open, which is um, pretty crazy. So since uh, since the theaters have reopened, I've only gone to the movies twice, and I I saw the same movie. I saw Tenant twice, Uh, but I'm curious about you. Um, Are there or since the last time or uh, since 2020, like what are some of your favorite releases? Um, What movies should people check out if they haven't? Because I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, we had so. The big theater chains we had here is Regal. Okay. And they like posted that like they're indefinitely closed or whatever. Oh yeah. I, I've never seen the reports. Then, I don't think our indie theater ever opened back up personally. I, I could, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there's one other theater, but the town that it's in, it's like the next town over and it's entitled Idiotville USA. So I would definitely not go there because like hella anti-masker people are there. Okay. So I've been watching, I mean, just this year, I've watched like twice as many movies as I did last year, just from being at home. Some of my favorite movies I have watched this year that I would recommend everyone check out. I'm going through my letterbox right now for my movies this year. If you have Amazon Prime, there's a movie called The Last Action Heroes, which is a really cool documentary about action movies that like kind of goes from like the 60s up to like the late 90s. And it just kind of, it's really interesting kind of like a lot of the, like they go into like why action movies then were like so big and like kind of why that died out. And um, it's just like pretty interesting. And none, none of it's really necessarily like groundbreaking, but it's just like cool. And like, I love like shitty eighties and nineties action movies. Um, Let's see. What was it? Okay. One bedroom on Netflix was pretty cool. Yo, I enjoyed that a lot. I I, I actually was, was put on. Crazy, but honestly, it was like pretty fun. Yeah, I was put onto that by um uh Stacy and uh, Grubby like just through following their um, Final Cut reviews. I'm sad that they're not doing the podcast anymore, but um th- that's how I found out about that movie. But great movie. Bad Trip with Eric Andre, fucking awesome. Big fan. Okay. The new Borat I thought was really good. I think everyone's already watched that, but mm-hmm. um, this movie called Wildlife was really awesome, directed by Paul Dano. About it's got Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Harry Mulligan. It's just like a real sad drama about like a small. Um, they're in Montana, but it was a, it was just like a really good movie. Um, let me see. I'm going through my list. If you have Shutter, if anyone listening doesn't have Shutter, you should sign up for like the free trial to watch In Search of Darkness. It's like a, it's like 264 minutes, however many hours that is. Documentary about 80s horror movies. Okay. Weirdly, for how long it is, it's not boring at all. Like, it's sick. Um, let's see. Swallow, I thought was pretty cool. If you have, Hulu, I think it's on Hulu right now, actually. But that's just like kind of a weird horror indie drama movie. 
just very uncomfortable. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I've watched a lot of movies this year, but honestly, not a ton that were, like, because, I mean, not a ton of movies came out this year. You know, I've watched a lot of, like, older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Possessor was really tight. That just came out. I'm curious. A body horror movie. Have you? A Cronenberg. Have you seen Mulan? I haven't. I uh, honestly, I I thought it looked good, but I heard that it just kind of sucked. And I can't bring myself to pay what they're asking for. for The $30. Yeah, that. Nah, they Disney does Disney has so much money they can kiss my ass like they do not need that money for me you know it's crazy I, I was I was leaving work and uh I actually saw that it's out on like blu-ray and dvd right now I'm like dude that just seems so fast but they like they rushed the shit out. I actually no okay this came out before covid okay just mercy just mercy it's with uh Michael B Jordan it it's um it's just about you know like the innocence project i do i want to say it's about the guy that started that okay but i could be wrong but i feel like that's what it's about like i may i watched this back in january but that movie was incredible um i'm like going through my life like it's so weird to think like oh i did actually go to the like i didn't go to the movie since like quarantine started and COVID hit, but I was going a lot before that. So I'm like, looking, oh damn, I actually saw like Bad Boys Three was pretty fun, you know. Um, Nineteen Seventeen was really cool. Now, did you see Tenet? No, I um, I was because I had like the Regal Pass. And they pause it once everything hit, but once the theaters open back up, they're like, oh, like, you have it again. And I debated going and seeing it, but I was like, I just can't bring myself to, like, go to the movies right now. Like, I was like, what if, what if I fucking got it from going to the movies? Like, this is not an essential thing that I have to do. And, um, I got a few friends that went and saw it here, and I was, like, asking them about it. I'm like, well, like, the theater smells like bleach, so I think they're cleaning it. And, um... I'm like, oh, were there a lot of people there? And like, no, not really. But I'm just like, like, you have to wear masks. I'm like, yeah, are you wearing the masks in the theater? Like, I don't, people in Idaho are dumb. I really don't think that they are. Like, they're probably taking it down. Or if they're like eating food and drinking, like their masks are obviously down. And I mean, we have drive-in theaters here, but they don't show, in my opinion, good movies. Uh It's usually like kids' movies or like, the big like MCU like I mean those are sick but like not any like not a movie like Tenant which I would have gone to seen it if that was the case but me and my friend were talking and like kind of going back and forth and we should go see it and we're just like we're not risking our health for Hollywood because they should just put it on VOD like a sane person sorry that you wanted this movie to be seen on the big screen, shit happens. Like, who cares? We streamed the new Bill and Ted, which was tight, and a few other movies, but um, haven't seen it. Really want to. It's been on my watch list for a couple of years. But, 
I'm sure it'll be out to stream soon. Yeah, I, I think it's coming out in December, if I remember correctly. I think like mid December is coming out. So, wait, say that again. New Mutants comes out to buy this month. No, oh. I, I wanted to see it, but I was just like, that was a movie where I'm like, I don't know if I want to risk my life to see this movie. It's so bad. I'm just going to buy it anyway, because who cares? Like, well, like one of my favorite um, X-Men characters, uh, uh, Magic, she's in that movie. And to, to see her and in, in like, you know, finally make it to, you know, the, the big screen. But in like that way, I'm just like, man, I, I hope it's like I, I've never, I haven't seen it to this day. So I, I'm curious. So like I, I don't have like a real opinion yet. Like I haven't heard good things, but I, I still am going to watch it like whenever it does come out. I, so. like, I like even the shitty like I like Green Lantern. I like the first Ghost Rider movie like. If it's like a superhero movie, even if it sucks, I'll probably at least find it enjoyable mm-hmm. at some level. And I figure if I buy it, I watch it two or three times. I've paid for it at that point. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I totally back that. There's, uh, I, I've watched like you know all the superhero movies just because I am a comic book fan, and um, yeah, some of them are, are like fine. And I'm just like, man, like even like when I think back to like the original Daredevil movie, which I I love, uh, just because I'm like such a huge fanboy. Like it's so shitty, but it's sick. Yeah, and but and you got to think about like the time period that it came out when like those movies like weren't even like a thing. So for them to get that like you know even to get that kind of budget for that film um, was like super awesome. But then you fast forward to see what Daredevil became on like netflix which was like you know 100 times better than that movie it's just like dude this, it's, it's just fun fun to see the growth exactly I, th- I think a lot of it is like you gotta be like you're saying be contextual with it and see which is, that's why like it's crazy to me if one comes out now that straight up sucks where it's like you know what are you doing you literally have the formula in front of you and mm-hmm. if you want to deviate from that and do your own thing that's fine but also like within reason like come on like 100% but yeah i'm pretty pumped to watch that either way all right well devin this is this has been awesome honestly um uh we we talked a little bit about the band but uh it was just fun to just kind of have a real conversation with you and just check in and see how you're doing. I'm glad to hear you know things aren't too bad where you're at um but i've really enjoyed this but before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, I would, I, I, let's see if anyone hasn't checked out the new change and be well records, those are fucking sick, big fan. Um, everyone check out safe inside records. There's a lot of cool bands on the label, a lot of new records coming out next year that are going to be great um my friend actually started a new podcast that i'm gonna plug and the name is i'm missing i can't think of the name right now but one second double double daria that there it is okay the double daria podcast hardcore from a different perspective not um I'll, re- I'll read the bio for everyone to plug it double daria covers all things hardcore political and political in the hardcore scene from the perspective of those who are not in the boys club i think that's very important uh, yeah i mean i could just keep up with 
there's a lot of cool bands and a lot of cool things going on within hardcore. I think don't waste your time arguing with people on the internet about politics through Facebook threads because that's a fucking waste of time. You could be taking that time to be like, I guess, educating yourself or like using that time more productively versus arguing with some dipshit that it doesn't matter if you if you throw facts at them, they don't fucking care. That's just a big waste of energy. So for your own mental health, don't do that. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Jamie or K podcast. Always on top. <laughs>